Shambles producer Trent here. Welcome to another Stay at Home Festival podcast. This episode was recorded. It was the first of our daily morning shows, which go out at 10 a.m. every day. Uh, so this was on Monday. Uh, Robin and Josie, Robin Ince and Josie Long hosting. Special guests were Mark Gatiss and Grace Petrie and George Egg. For this podcast edition, uh, we've uh, cut out George Egg's bit because it's very visual. He did a, a brilliant, hilarious uh, cooking segment, which if you've ever seen George live, uh, you'll know exactly the sort of thing that went on there. Uh, so make sure you go to the website or youtube.com slash Cosmic Shambles to watch the video version to see George's bit. And make sure you go to cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home to drop a tip in the bucket. Uh, all these shows, all these podcasts are free. Uh, but if you do have a spare pound lying around, if you do still happen to be able to get paid for your for your job, we'll be distributing all the money we raise, uh, all the profits to artists and venues and acts and stuff uh, just that now have no income for the foreseeable future until we are back to some version of normal. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Make sure you watch the live streams each day. You can just go to youtube.com slash Cosmic Shambles. 10 a.m. every day is the daily show hosted by Robin and Josie. Lots of evening shows as well. Uh, Vitriola Music is going to be live, hosted by Robin and Michael Legg. Uh, We'll have evening comedy clubs on the weekend, evening book shambles, Chris Hadfield on the book shambles at night this week. Uh, So cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home to check all that out. Here's today's episode. Good morning and welcome to uh, the first of our daytime stay at home shows. Uh, I don't feel we're Richard and Judy, Josie. I think maybe Anne and Nick during some of those kind of awkward transitionary years. (laughs) I like um, I have recently watched this morning and recently Eamon Holmes was trialing with a new presenter who was absolutely half his age. And it was unbearable. The gulf between them. Absolutely unbearable. And you could just see in his face he was going, why? Um, what is this kid? So... No, I don't know. These cultural references. Um <laughs> welcome to we're gonna say we'll tell you what's coming up. Uh very shortly we're gonna be joined uh by Mark Gatis when we talk a lot about of different lot of... uh things there. Uh hopefully strange dystopian films and uh, his hopes and his work I have about and Josie does as well. Uh 70 questions that have been sent in to us. We will try and get through as many of those. We've then got uh George Egg, uh, who some of you might have seen doing wonderful, strange anarchist kind of cooking with uh quite often things that you would literally find in a hotel room. He, you know, he'll trouser press a cod mornay. And uh, then we're gonna finish with uh Grace Petrie, who is uh back from Australia and uh, is always a, an absolute joy uh to listen to as well. So um, Josie, should we go straight to Mark? Yes, that would be brilliant. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> We're all right in this. I was. We. I think we'll kick straight off actually and go. Um, yeah. We decided we'd do a show and tell uh, on most of these shows. So, so all our guests they they they've they brought somebody to show and tell. Uh, I, I joked this a bit last minute, so you might not have anything. I'm not sure if you have, but. Uh, Literally looking around your desk. Yeah, I got stuff. Oh, I've got a really good Brecht poem that I can read. That's all I'm going to do every, every single day until everyone is reading Brecht poetry every day. That, will never, to, that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Get, give me one second. I'll run and get it. But I won't oh, do that yeah. first. You do yours. My show and tell is this. This was uh, is a, a, a monkey's head uh, tobacco container found in my grandmother's attic when I was about 10 years old it is one of my favorite things uh the hinge is slightly broken but uh what I then found I haven't opened it for about uh five years is inside it there is real gold because there is the Guyane Smith crabs on the rampage key <laughs> ring that he sent me when I wrote about Guyane Smith's yeah. crabs on the rampage and night of the crabs books um, in my book book club and uh, they're wonderful I've got I've got two key rings this is a night of the crabs one crabs on the rampage as well uh, the wonderful singer Robin Hitchcock uh, who also referenced uh, Guyane Smith's giant killer crabs books uh, he was sent by Guyane Smith a giant killer crabs clock 
And uh, he I've said got to, to me, say, Robin, it's not really a great clock because uh, the size of the pincers means you can never really tell exactly what hour it is. So <laughs> that's my show and tell a monkey's head. And uh, it was a prop from Temple of Doom that you'd align. Uh, you can imagine that once the madness really sets in, I will fill this with all manner of gelatinous goo and just be sitting there. <laughs> oh, I am Indiana. Um, Mark, what have you got for our show and tell? Oh, well. I, well, first of all, I'm taking refuge in the past, of course, as everybody is. Although I have to say, it's only a week. Uh, I, I Everyone's going crazy. <laughs> we, we've got to space this out. I think yeah. we're going to need, like Dame Myra Hess's lunchtime concerts during the war. People are going to be starved of culture by August, where we're still here. So I think we've got to be careful about this. But I am, of course, taking refuge in the past and uh, watching Star Trek. Um, this is my first thing, which I pinched from a birthday party recently. And it's genuinely what I always wanted as a child. Look, look, oh. it's, it's a communicator from Star Trek. And, and it does this. It does the noise. <laughs> and I'm hoping it may actually beam me out of here. Um, but the main one is this. Now, do you remember in the 70s? <laughs> this is like one of those clip shows from the, from the 90s. <laughs> Do you remember this stuff? Yeah. Oh, now, no, it's done. You will, you will, you will. This, this is a brief trend. Uh, you, yes? Yeah, you yeah, take, yeah. take a pea-sized lump of this stuff. You put it on the end of this blowpipe here. Pinch it off. And then, I think I first saw it in holiday in Spain. And this is what you do. <gasps> okay, but how did you find this in the present? Well, I can travel in, I, I can travel in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love it. You, you wouldn't, like, save us all from this, but you would yeah. be like, I will be going to 1977. I'm just trying to find missing Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We were doing Dracula last year. My driver, Glenn, and I, every day we used to reminisce about old toys, as you do. And we started talking about this stuff and how, how incredibly toxic it was. It's clearly one of those things, like treetop orange, which they took off the shelves because it's really dangerous. And I said, oh, my God, do you remember that, that bubble stuff? And, he, um, and the smell of it, I can't, it doesn't work from online, online, but it's very, very smelly and interesting. And... Next day, Glenn came back from a trip to Hamley's. He said, look, <laughs> and it got me a set. I'm obviously still only on the first one because it's a bit <laughs> But yeah, but well, you're saying you blow... week by week for this scenario, aren't you? you? Rush yeah. it. <laughs> if you blow them big enough, you can detach them and make them briefly into strange semi-flaccid balloons because we had to make our own entertainment in the 70s, didn't we, Robert? <laughs> oh, that is... That's a re that reminds me because I was worried if that it really was the old version that was from the seventies and that we were going to watch you on camera die from nostalgia. <laughs> that's, um, week, that's week three. But, but that reminded me of I can't remember which Simpsons writer it was that I, I, I met a while ago and and he was telling me that uh, he was once sent having having met uh, I think it was Rick Baker who did the uh, makeup for the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, um, he was sent a Planet of the Apes mask, an original chimpanzee mask. And he was so excited and he opened it and he couldn't resist putting it on. But of course, it had been in a warehouse for 50 years. The rubber had all kind of, you know, the atrophy of the rubber. And he breathed in and had to be hospitalized. The planet of the apes, Mars. You goddamn crazy sons of bitches. <laughs> Joseph, uh, you've got for us your Brecht poem. Yeah, I've got one. Hang on. Oh, bollocks, I've lost the bloody page, haven't I? It's going to take me half an hour. Friendly, friendly. Just make it up. It's just I, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll just be like I actually love swearing. Thank you. And yesterday I bought some bread and I thought about how sad it made me feel. The end. But wait, I'm gonna find it for you. Um, it was Chicago. Oh, come on. This is so frustrating to me. I think it was in the 33 to 34 section. Um, I'm trying. There's one called We Have Made a Mistake, which feels um, apt. <laughs> um, you guys talk, talk, 
talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> but while you're seconds. looking for that, Mark, I did want to ask you, uh, our generation were brought up on a lot of dystopian television, both children's television and, you know, I, I was thinking of, you know, Survivors, the opening credit sequence uh, of th th there is uh, a man working on some kind. We're never quite certain what he's researching, that he, he drops the vial, it smashes, and then he passes disease around the world. Things like the changes where people smash all their electrical goods and, and the world goes insane. Do, do you feel in any way kind of prepped for this kind of demi dystopia at the moment from our yeah, completely. We, we've been workshopping this for for donkey's years uh, <laughs> we just we all need one of those parkers that greg wore in survivors i found greg incredibly comforting in survivors not just because of ian mcculloch's brilliant performance not echo and the bunny man ian mcculloch but because of that parker it felt somehow very reassuring uh, i think we have i mean it's, we all all tv was dystopian in the 70s even nationwide and this, <laughs> It's it's because of course they were they were facing an imminent you know the energy crisis was what everyone was obsessed with. I often think and often repeat that opening section from the last Quatermass, nineteen seventy nine. Um, in that last quarter of the twentieth century, civilized no in that last quarter of the twentieth century, society seemed to sicken as if some primal disorder were reasserting itself. Civilized institutions, be they old or new, fell, and men asked themselves, why should this be? And here we are. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I think it's, uh, it's part of our national characteristic to sort of chuck ourselves against this. Uh, and it's definitely become our sort of creation myth that we can, we can do it, that the blitz spirit will obviously overwhelm and, and overcome. And clearly, it is not true, as as Bogro Wars have demonstrated. We are just a pack of savages. <laughs> well, I think as well, you people are just they want to cosplay the idea of Blitz Spirit when actually it's completely alien to them and their entire lives. And their entire lives, they've been going, "Yes, I'll take all this free education and free this." And now I'm going to say I did it all on my own. Do you know what I mean? It's it's um. Yeah, it's, it, we can't suddenly expect people to be altruistic and understanding. It's really depressing. Is that your no, point? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Would you like the... I, I oh, sorry. The, the other side of it is that I am seeing a lot of people who are not merely being sensible, but being altruistic and yeah. being and doing lots of yeah, things. Yeah. Gorgeous. But yeah, you're right. As as we know from every election and, and every newspaper and every newspaper and all those things, that will all the percentage of people who are you know venal uh, and vile and uh, and so that they, they've always existed throughout history, uh, and uh, they're also sometimes we forget to herald the delightful people as well. Um, but Josie, you have something okay. from uh, from Bertolt Brecht. Fun poem. And it's called When the 16-Year-Old Seamstress Emma Reese. When the 16-Year-Old Seamstress Emma Reese appeared before the magistrate in Cernowitz, she was asked to explain why she had distributed leaflets which contained a call to revolution, which is punishable with a prison sentence. By way of answer, she stood and sang the Internationale. When the magistrate shook his head, she yelled at him, Stand up! This is the Internationale! <laughs> I love it! Get the hell up, mate! And it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, well, we were. I was thinking of you know things to read at the moment. Things that uh, again can kind of energize you or give you delight. And uh, I mentioned before we started this. Uh, I've returned to uh, reading Peter Cushing's uh, volumes of autobiography um, because there is something that is so delightful about his humanity. I think, and I, I imagine you've read them, haven't you, you, Mark? Yes, yes, long time ago. Yes, absolutely. But yes, he was, he was a he was a gentle soul. That's the, that's the, he was such an impeccable actor and a and a, a brilliant actor. Never gave a bad performance. He's, he's not he's, often in the best films, but uh, sometimes. But he's he's never not brilliant. I think he's wonderful, a wonderful human presence. But clearly, his his compassion. And his loyalty and his sense of fun—I mean, it's just—it runs throughout it all, doesn't it? You know, I think he was. So it's a—it's an undervalued thing these days. But he was—he was completely charming. 
But that's what it, it feels like. Rereading these uh, yesterday, you, you just feel as if you are in a Whitstable tea room with the loveliest old man, mm-hmm. with the most wonderful stories. I mean, and, and his turn of phrase as well, where uh, I mean, I told someone recently that lovely story about how when he was young, the way that his mother would punish him was by pretending to be dead. Uh, which is, a tr- tr- you know, she she, she would, um, uh, if he was naughty, she would start singing a song. I can't remember the old song about going across the sea. And he would say, please don't, please die, don't die, mummy. Please don't die. I promise to be good. And uh, then he'd be naughty again. She'd just sit in a chair being dead. And uh, he said, I'd get very upset. And my brother would come in and go, don't be so silly, Peter. You know she's not really dead. Go on, kick her, shove her. <laughs> and he said, I couldn't because it was mummy. And then one day when she was being particularly dead, I had a piece of bread covered in marmalade. And I just shoved it in her face and she never did it again. And, I, it's just, and, and in, in this, this volume here, the, 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 the second volume, which is kind of the hammer years, but it's just a lot more stories where he writes about Bernard Cribbins having uh, um, that where, where um, several takes were needed using gunpowder to allow the editor enough footage to make the sequence exciting. But our continuous movements caused the explosives to shift. Bernard Cribbins, lying on his back as he reloaded my revolver, suddenly gave a yell of agony. One of the charges had exploded beneath him, wounding him dangerously near the anus. And it's (laughs) near the anus. And and his stories, his, his, as you know, his love for his wife, Helen, which is throughout all the books. So I really recommend if people are looking for something to read to give them a kind of, you know, a a delight in humanity. Peter Cushing's um, stories are, are, are really wonderful. There's also that wonderful stuff about him and Christopher Lee used to, uh, they just used to ring each other up and do Sylvester and Twy down the phone. It used to crack them up. And there's a, there's a, the last thing they did was a, they did the narration for a Hammer documentary called Flesh and Blood. And it, it's very, very touching because you can see, it's the, they, they knew it was the last time they'd see each other. There's, there's wonderful photographs of them laughing their heads off. And, and you can see that Christopher Lee was clearly, you know, just keeping him going for that afternoon it's it's very beautiful do you have anything at the moment in terms of a list of things thinking right i'm I'm stuck in i've got things that i still need to do but i have time for some of those books that are always the ones that it'll be this year is there anything on 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 your list mark that you're hoping to i think we've we've all thought that forever it's like it's like sort of confident expectation you're going to have a second life that in which you'll do all these things and actually weirdly here it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or a version of it anyway so yes I mean there's a lot of Dickens I've always wanted to read and never quite got around to and and I suppose but I'm, I'm trying to resist that urge to read the, the difficult important book as opposed to the one that will make me happy you know mm. so I don't I don't have a huge list of oh I, I really must do that one I, I quite like finding things I found this amazing book last year which I hugely recommend called Mr Bowling Buys a Newspaper um it was Raymond Chandler's favourite book, and he uh, he says on the on the back blurb he's he's he keeps buying it for people saying read this read this, and yet it's never been famous. It's a it's a British crime novel from the forties, and it's basically the point of view of a serial killer. A ma- it's Diary of a Madman. It's really remarkable. I mean, it's totally unlike anything else in the golden age of crime. It's not cosy or country housey. It's this man is clearly mad just decides to start killing people. And every time he kills someone, he buys a newspaper. Um, it's really interesting. It was a, a hell of a find, I thought. Oh, you've sold me on that. Yeah. What, what, what about you? Have, about you, you, got, have you got anything uh, that filmic or uh, music or books that you, I, I, as I always say, I, I know that, of course, you have a lot of other things you're juggling I mean, with as well. The, like. pro- the problem I have is that the two-year-old, will not respect my reading my reading time and then I get to the end of the day and I'm stultified by exhaustion so I think it's going to be a very different time the only thing I can say that I've been doing is that me and Johnny have instigated a, an hour called power hour where for half an hour each we go out for a run and that that feels to me like an incredible achievement on a par with reading war and peace or, or something very important to me what, <laughs> what about audio books could you could you do it whilst you're running um I, I think possibly like and now we know this is going to last longer than we think. So possibly in like two or two months or something. But at the moment, my fitness level does not allow me to <laughs> run to anything other than like, go, go, go. You could do this. You could do this. Anything other than that. If it was somebody saying and then he laid down under the stars and thought about life. There's no way. There's no way in hell. And so basically, I I hope that soon 
I shall begin to read in the evenings. But I feel pathetic that I'm not managing to get anything done. But there we are. But it's I, nice I, to hear other people. And, and what's the thrill is like even just hearing you guys talking about things you're interested in is nourishing and exciting to me. So I'll just good. recommend this. This is uh, a book that I, I, I read at the end of last year. Leonora Carrington, uh, the uh, great surrealist, Hearing Trumpet, uh, is a, a fascinating book written uh, about it, it's so much of it is about uh, our treatment of the old and all that, which I think is probably a good time to read. But it's also, you know, there's one it's wonderful times uncanny and bizarre. So Leonora Carrington, who is a very interesting human being. And this is a, a very entertaining and quite short as well. Oh. Oh, can I just recommend again, and I'll keep doing so every single day this week, um, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid. It's such a brilliant book. It's so smart and sad and funny and wise about the world, and it's fantastic. And it's such a good, gripping yarn as well. Great. One more thing before we go to George Egg, which is the other day someone sent to me a link to something which I immediately went, I must send Mark. And uh, this was the fact that uh, the estate of Peter Wingard, uh, Department S, Jason Department King, S, Jason King, Knight of the Eagle, uh, the Lenny Henry Show, amongst other things. Uh, he, he, he and the Plants of Fire. Oh, this is. Uh, it is the most remarkable auction. It, it has his uh, yeah. toupee. It has his unused Barclays business account checkbook that you can buy. Uh, it has. Um, it has. The um, Scotch E180 VHS tape of his appearance on The Lenny Henry Show. It says, The Lenny Henry Show, Wingard's personal VHS tape, opening price £12. He's personally taped off the television. Uh, um, and it is... There's kimonos, there's costume jewellery, all manner of, of, of suits. Um, Mark, have you? I know you've looked through the, 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 auction. the auction. Is there anything, is there of, anything Pe of Peter Wingard's you particularly have your beady eye on? Well, obviously, there's the kimono, isn't there? Uh, I've, I'm, I really, there's an amazing Jason King-shaped mirror. Have you seen that? Mm. That's astonishing. Um, I've got so much tat. I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be allowed to have any of it at the house, but I would really like it. Although, look at that. There's a, there's a post I'm looking at now for bare-breasted countess, double-billed with the unfaithful wives. I don't yeah. know why. It was he knows. Did he just like the post? Well, that, I, I mean, that's some of the things I don't understand whether they really were his. As well, for, for a man with his reputation, there's a surprising number of things like, you know, female naked advertising cutouts, you know, and and, and things yeah. like that. So there's a... I think that may be what we doctors call cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, oh, I'm glad you're not, because I, I thought if I mentioned it to you, all the prices are going to zoom up. But I had the same thing, which was the moment I was looking at on the internet, my wife just went, you are not buying any of that. <laughs> Thanks very much, George Egg. Uh, George, happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Go and find out about George's, about George's work and you can go and follow him on Twitter and things like that, at George Egg, asking more questions uh, about, about his in incredible uh, recipes. So thank you very much. We, we're back now, back now with uh, Mark and uh, and Josie, obviously. The um, I just quickly mentioned as well, we have uh, a tip jar as well. If you want to, uh, uh, or the, all the money that we raise from doing these shows that we're doing every single day. Tomorrow we've got Brian. On Wednesday we've got Joe Brand. Uh, Thursday morning we've got Sarah Pascoe and Natalie Haynes, and then we've got Chris Hadfield in the after in the after uh, in the early evening, and we've got Steve Merchant on Friday, and Josie's doing a, a Melbourne comedy show as well on the Saturday I think next week yeah um, we did I mean it's it's sort of a Melbourne sub substitute um but it's mostly people in the UK at the moment <laughs> so if you uh we have a little tip John all of the money that that we make uh we're going to send uh, and give to uh self-employed people uh performers artists etc who basically have had lost all their work over what appears to be at least the next three months and and possibly more and also we're going to try and give that to uh um venues as well who are suffering and those people that can't actually uh some of the very small art centers and things like that which which uh certainly you know three of us here have, have, have played at times um that they may well have to lose everyone who works for them so we're going to try and do that and if we make enough money we're, there are also other charities we're going to give to but uh all the money is going to be shared out basically between uh people that we know currently uh who have no income whatsoever and have lost uh, all of their work so if you can go to the tip chart that's brilliant but also if you have no money and anything like that that's fine you just keep watching for free that is not a problem so um 
Josie, have you got questions? I've got I've got a whole load well, of the questions we've had sent in for Mark. Yeah, I, I really loved. Um, I, I thought there were some really really interesting questions out there. there. I, I, this is, I mean, it's just coming straight off the list. But somebody was um, was wanted to ask you if there's any horror film that you'd love to remake, Mark. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, yes, but I don't. I know it's hard this because I've said this. A Ground. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's the truth true. of it. But um, I'd rather do it a, a new horror film. I mean, and there's, I mean, there are, there are interesting, there are things that you look back on and think, oh my goodness, uh, you know. Well, as as you know, Robert Christopher Lee used to say, there is one film <laughs> with today's special effects. The devil rides, rides out. out. That, that would be something. Um, with today's special effects, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, they, they all have their charms, don't they? I mean, you could say if you took if you did Night of the Demon without the demon, it would be much more the way that M. R. James imagined it. But it's also a fantastic film. So no, I'd rather just do something new, to be honest. Yeah, Verity actually did ask, how would you rewrite the end of Devil Rides Out so it's not rubbish? But I I, I love Devil Rides Out. I mean, the, the uh, to the devil a daughter. Now, there is a rubbish end. Maybe she means that because actually the ending of that is rubbish. It's a terrific film, but actually mm. very grim and unexpectedly gritty. But the ending is Richard Widmark throws a rock at Christopher Lee's head and the, the film just stops. Yeah. It? It just ends. It's like, what? <laughs> that, that versus The Exorcist. Hmm. <laughs> I, um, I've just watched, that's one of my things that I've been doing when I, is I watched Exorcist 1, 2 and 3. And I can now confirm that you can definitely skip 2. Correct. I think one and three are both brilliant for for different reasons, and the dark comedy in them, I think both of them are are, are, are pretty much masterpieces. Three is one of the most underrated horror films of the last thirty years. It's a fantastic piece of work, but you can it's a, a direct sequel, so you can just nip nip to it and ignore them too. Hang on, so <laughs> could you summarise the plot of The Exorcist two? Because I didn't even know there were sequels. I've seen The Exorcist. Right, two is basically if they said, you know who should write the screenplay, Yuri Geller. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It feels like this. Maybe he it, did. It really, yeah. Well, we didn't know, but he was there. I'm projecting my mind. I'm projecting my mind. But it's just this kind of it. It's it. It doesn't really. It's got some some. Beautifully odd things. It's by John Borman, who you know made Point Blank and uh, Nick Excalibur and, and 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 many other things. And, Great but it is really um, so. So it's it's a priest comes in and it's Richard Burton being perpetually angry for the whole film, isn't it? It's it's just he's like, no one would believe blah 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 the whole film, and uh, it's about the 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 young girl. She's now a teenager, and it's about where the devil lives inside her now. And it's kind of about uh, telepathy and oh, lots of different. But but it's a really strange seventies. It's a yeah, it's a mess. It's it's uh it's also you know you could this is a whole separate show this uh, Robin called the uh, the ill advised hasty sequel to uh, to a blockbuster so you know all the people involved all the people not involved with the first one suddenly think they know how to do it and go mm -hmm. you call the show we got this <laughs> we got this so it's like jaws 2 or you know it's like i know we can i know we know how to do an exorcist movie don't we all the, what about all the guys who were in the original no screw them <laughs> there we are there's lots of them you know force 10 from navarone although that wasn't a hasty sequel <laughs> I really recommend, by the way, to everyone look up the William Peter Blatty's work because uh, he was a comedy writer who then wrote, you know, The Exorcist and uh, and also The Ninth Configuration, which is also I think I think we talked about that when we had Mark Commode on Book Shambles is a, is a, is a is a masterpiece again and uh, and Shot in the Dark, of course, he wrote. He was very funny. That's why Exorcist Three is such a funny film. It's that's why it's so it's 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 uh, tricky you know because it lures you in with these fantastic gags and and that makes you care about them all the more i think it's it's a very very good song it's it's so it's so funny to hear that he was a comedy writer because now it's in retrospect the exorcist makes loads more sense to, to me it's like of course yes that makes perfect sense looking at that film and the writing and the way the characters speak and like little moments in it as well um I keep thinking uh, about, um, oh, gosh, is it Kenneth Lonergan, the guy who wrote um, the one about the couple? Uh, oh, who, what is the point of my existence? The guy 
who is a couple and there was a fire in the house. It's like called something like Brighton Beach, Beach. or something. This would be a great parlour game, wouldn't it? And um, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> God, Manchester like by the sea. Manchester Aww. by the sea. Um, and I always think of him in terms of somebody who has such a comic mind, despite the fact that it's a beautiful and a tragic film. There are just these three or four moments throughout the film that are just kind of everyday farce or that's, everyday. That's what chat. life's like, isn't it? That it's there's such a false distinction between drama and comedy. It's ludicrous. Life is absurd as we're as we're all experiencing yeah. now. It's and you know, that's why. If people get sort of tonally get worried if something is suddenly there's a funny moment, or even if it's just light relief, but equally, all the best stuff is bittersweet. I think that's that's what that's what it should be like. Mm. By the way, thanks. It was Pablo who had the question about the remake, so thank you. Uh, this is uh, from Paul. Paul wants to know, and this is a hard one. You might not be. Uh, what is your favourite line that you've ever performed? And what is your favorite? Uh, is there a favorite line that you know when you favorite line that you know when you penned? You just thought, oh, oh yes, that what I can't wait for that to the 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 actor to whether it was you or someone else that you gave the line to. God, that's difficult. Um, I'm very proud. There's a, the first line of the second Lucifer Box book, which is, he was an American, so it seemed only fair to shoot him. I, <laughs> I was rather pleased. I saw. I, I wrote that and then didn't write anything for about four months. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's never been said, I suppose. I should, oh God, that's a very difficult one. I don't know. I I'll know. ask you, the, another one that we have, which I thought I was rather that. sweet, is uh, um, which of the characters you've created would you uh, most be prepared to spend this isolation with? None of them. <laughs> it's karma, that. <laughs> I don't think I'd like to. Um, I suppose, well, some of, the, some of the lead characters are more kind-hearted. Probably, maybe probably... Alvin, Alvin Steele from the uh, from the bed and breakfast, because uh, which Jerry and I did, because uh, he's a very sweet, kind man, and he has a, he has a fantastic collection of uh, Alistair McLean books. So I'd be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, James, maybe. It's matey coffee in the morning. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. I'll ask more questions. I was just thinking. Um, uh, well, somebody has been talking about the fact that you are also a visual artist and has this time made you fancy doing some painting? Like, Have you been working in other mediums recently? That's all I'm doing, painting. It's, it's a fantastic, it's just, it's just amazing um, to have that time and not have to think, oh, I have to squeeze this in. I'm, I've literally been painting for four days, solid. It's wow. amazing. Uh, brilliant. I'm so grateful to have rediscovered my love for it. And the last few years, the last couple of years, really, I've just got so back into it. It's brilliant uh, for, you know, for my headspace and also just just everything. And, and, and coming into its own now, I, I find it very hard not to draw or scribble or paint something all the time now. It's I'm really having a brilliant time. So it's come at just the right time, I must say. Yeah. I, it's. It, I mean, and I'm also. I am anticipating this is going to go on for some time. So, trying to think about ways of staying sane and also uh, a kind of, as you were saying, Josie, about some kind of structure is rather is rather good for you. And um, so it's just, but it's just odd to sort of go. Well, I could, I, I, I could just do this all day, really. You know. So um, it's been a real godsend, I have to say. Oh, that's good. That kind of answer. Uh, Alicia from, uh, I can't remember where she is from uh, America. Uh, she said, you know, has this stifled any of your creative license? So it, it, you know, the answer is no, you are, are, are creating. She said she's no, having I, trouble I with it at the moment. It's, it's slightly different. I think I'm, I, I'm talking to a lot of writer friends who are, who are actually feeling quite shocked, well, blocked, you know. Mm -hmm. Writer's shock is a new one. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not like everyone has suddenly gone into overdrive thinking, oh, my God, I've look, I've, I've got a... I've actually some borrowed time here. I think it will happen, but I think it'll take time because at the moment you also you're also thinking, as you were saying earlier, it's like half of your brain is going, I think this might be the most important thing that'll ever happen to us. And the other half is going, but the one show's still on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's really creating this strange storm in the middle of our yeah. our uh, cranial hemispheres where we don't quite believe it or don't quite understand it. So I think it'll settle. It will settle into some sort of rhythm where people are just properly, you know, over 
uh, quarantined and uh and then maybe people will start to go right now is my time now is, now i can you know find the space to learn a language or write that book or something um i can only imagine the torrent of dreadful memoirs including <laughs> <laughs> my own <laughs> i think as well it's so hard to work out what's relevant will ever feel relevant like i keep looking at projects that i had on the go and being like well that's silly that's absolute nonsense now completely and you have to but you have to i mean you know being optimistic you have to plan ahead but i've got a raft of things which were supposed to be happening in the summer and beyond and yet you have to keep working towards the idea of it but it's as you say it seems absurd the other thing i'm finding really quite difficult is the trolling the adverts <laughs> it just looks cruel now anything with a viking river cruise or even just people outside having a good time it's like no no i want some austerity adverts i need to see some people in rooms <laughs> i genuinely as well find myself kind of second guessing things i'm watching where someone will meet up in a group and i'll be like oh god don't do that what, what are you doing mate what why are you shaking hands already yeah, yeah. well that's what you want all of those cruises you yeah. know there's still all the adverts for cruises on, on you know talking pitch stuff like that and you now want it to look a little bit more like that 1980s horror film with george kennedy death ship where yeah. the cruise line each time you see the advert the cruise ship's a little bit more rusted and you can vaguely hear the sound of a scream um <laughs> it's coming it's coming thank god for talking pictures tv that's all i can say do you know what? It's a lovely thing. So I was just going to say that because uh, I know a lot of people can't at the moment actually, you know, see their parents. Uh, they have elderly parents. And I have found that talking pictures, the fact that every day I can ring up my dad and just kind of say, hey, dad, uh, there's a Terry Thomas picture on the screen. You know, you can have a little bit of uh, a conversation. If you're watching this, dad, by the way, hello. I hope to see you again soon. Um, but uh, I think that, is, you know, just those little bits of making some form of, of, of communication, which Connection, is so yeah. important. Yeah. Um, we've almost run out of uh, questions. Uh, uh, I just asked this, Tony Harris. I'm going to ask his question because he once wrote a play called uh, The Man Who Thought He Was George Formby. And I had the lead <laughs> part, which is why uh, I uh, know things like first I stand, then I sit, then I sit and stand a bit, but I can't stand much more of it. Mother, what will I do now? So he, I know these songs. And, and he just he has the same birthday as you. He also, by the way, does a magazine called Winefulness, which is, is worth having a look at. Um, and he just says, what would your ideal gift be at this time your ideal birthday gift this <laughs> get me out of here scotty <laughs> um i don't know i think uh uh you can talk in utopian terms i'd like a i'd like a functioning government that's what i'd like for my birthday <laughs> it's not my birthday is it oh my god i've been here for months <laughs> I'd, I'd like uh, I would like Gordon Brown to be Prime Minister. That's what I'd like. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it was great on, on the Today programme. Josie, uh, is there any of the... By the way, Mark, can I ask, Is there because we had so many questions, would you be up for joining us at another point to go... And we'll just do the questions that yes, all of your fans... Yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'll double check. Yep, that's... Uh, um, but would, would you be up for joining us again? And we'll just... Of course, of course. That's fantastic. I'm so sorry we didn't. There's there's lots of lovely questions. Josie, do you have any that you you, you marked out that you like the, the final question? Oh, well, the final question that feels uh, pressurized. Sorry, I've asked my favourites already, um, but I can I can find another final. Oh no, question. don't worry. Then that's, I just wanted to check, Josie. We'll do it next time. We'll just so talk you, about yeah. your poster of Christopher Eccleston slash Donald Craig as well. <laughs> it's um, what I really like is it's it's John McLean who was a, a very inspiring figure in sort of nineteen. 19- Apologies, the live stream went down for a second here. Uh, so what you missed was basically Robin introducing Grace Petrie. I'm sick of the sight of my house and my dog, who is the neediest dog in the world, uh, wants his own space for me, to be honest. So uh, things are pretty tough in, in Leicester, but no, obviously... Um, I'm the same boat as everybody else, uh, just trying to stay positive, really, trying to keep, keep active. And thank you very much for giving me a reason to get dressed today, which I haven't had for many days in a row. My secret is I'm still wearing my pyjama trousers, but don't tell anyone. Me uh, too! This is a family show. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, they're very thick. They're, they're a good twill. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> 
Grace, what are you going to sing for us? Um, can you hear that okay, the guitar? Yeah. Well, I know that um, a lot of people are at home with their little tiddlers, JC and Johnny, obviously among them. Um, and uh, I have two little nieces who are age five and uh, three, and uh, I haven't seen them in a really long time because I was in Australia, and now, obviously, I am grounded like everybody else. Um, so um, for all the parents who are out there who are suddenly spending an awful lot of time in the house and probably using the, the wisdom of Disney and Pixar to get through that, I thought I would sing you a song um, that uh, I wrote when I uh, was sort of dating somebody a couple of years ago and it didn't work out very well. And I was, uh, in the aftermath of it, I was sort of desperately trying to work out what had gone wrong and, you know, why uh, why it, it hadn't worked out. And I was kind of analysing it incessantly and questioning it incessantly and talking about it incessantly. And I thought my friends were enjoying this just as much as I was, um, but it turns out that they were not. So uh, I ended up writing a song about the philosophy of getting over breakups, which I uh, I did with the aid of some wisdom of the incredible modern philosopher Princess Elsa from the Disney film Frozen. So uh, this is called the Princess Elsa Blues, and it goes like Last night in the pub, I realised I was being tolerated, not enjoyed. I saw it there reflected in friends' eyes I've become the kind of person I avoid Well I woke up feeling rough and wondering when My needle got stuck on a groove called you And as I reached for Alka-Seltzer The wisdom of Elsa came to me And now I know what I must do because of living without you, yeah, I've gotten pretty good Just need to stop talking about you Like my friends all wish I would And I don't understand what happened But I guess I'll never know I don't need to go to a palace made of snow I just need to let it go mm -hmm. Now epiphanies can come from anywhere from the sunrise or the verses of Shakespeare It wasn't Sylvia Plath or Nietzsche That turned out to be my teacher It was Disney had the words I had to hear Because of living without you Yeah, I've gotten pretty good Just need to stop talking about you Like my friends all wish I would And I don't understand what happened But I guess I'll never know I don't need to go to a palace made of snow I just need to let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Turn around and slam the door And all the times I just wouldn't be told And now I finally broke out this chokehold And all the times, all the times you were cold Never bothered me anyway Because of living without you, yeah, I've gotten pretty good Just need to stop talking about you like my friends always I would And I don't understand what happened, but I guess I'll never know I don't need to go to a palace made of snow I just need to let it go I just need to let it go I just need to let it go Thank you very much. Oh, I can see them all applauding on Skype. It's funny. Yeah. Do you realise how much you do this for the applause when you yeah. sing a song to an empty room with just your dog staring at you? <laughs> um, are we doing another one, folks? I think. We can, it's, I, I, yeah, I, I think we can do. Why not? Let's just yeah. do it. Yes. Let's do it. Um, I'll probably do Black Tie if that's okay. Or the uh, the Joe Wiley Radio Two. A clean version of because this is a we are before the watershed here so I wrote a song um, a couple of years ago which was uh, a sort of letter 
to my teenage self um, uh, around the idea that um, basically things are going to be okay. I had a pretty rubbish time as a teenager. I was very insecure about being um, a butch lesbian, which is something that I was as a teenager and as a child and indeed as a baby. Um, and I have continued to be as an adult. Um, so I wrote a song telling my teenage self that it's going to be okay. And um, this song contains a line which uh, I know you're asking Mark what's the, 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 his favourite line he's ever written. And my favourite line that I've ever written definitely appears in this song. I am not going to do the line in its, in its full post-Watershed entirety, but the line goes, the images that effed you were a patriarchal structure, uh, and I'm going to do a version that I sang on Radio 2, which uh, utilises the word, the images that struck you, which I think we all know, doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, thanks for having me on the Stay at Home Festival um, and uh, have try and have a good day. Get out in the garden if you've got one. Well, it's a jungle out there. The year 2018, I didn't think. We'd still be sorting babies into blue and pink And all our progress Yeah, I wonder what it means That the only girls close to work for me Turn out to be boyfriend jeans Well, that's fine Because I decline A narrow set of rules that just don't work And these red lines They're not mine if you need me, you can find me ironing my shirt Cause I'm in black tie tonight Get a postcard to my year 11 self In her year 11 hell Saying everything's gonna be alright No, you won't grow out of it You will find the clothes that fit And the images that struck you were a patriarchal structure And you never will surrender to a narrow view of gender And I swear there'll come a day when you won't worry what they say On the labels and on the doors, you will figure out what's yours And it's a bloody nightmare Trying to fight the spread of bigotry and fear That's uniting Piers Morgan and Jermaine Greer And all our progress, yeah I wonder who it's for When I dare to utter that trans lives matter Yeah and all I got was a turf war Well that's fine, cause I decline Your narrow set of rules, they just don't work And these red lines, they're not mine if you need me, you can find me ironing my shirt Cause I'm in black tie tonight Get a postcard to my year 11 self In her year 11 hell Saying everything's gonna be alright No, you won't grow out of it You will find the clothes that fit And the images that struck you Were a patriarchal structure and you never will surrender to a narrow view of gender And I swear there'll come a day when you won't worry what they say On the labels and on the tours, you will figure out what's yours You will figure out what's yours and That it's got nothing to do with fitting neatly in a box that was constructed to make it seem like people come in just to team and anything that's in between ain't good enough you will love and you'll be loved you're in black tie tonight get a postcard to my year 11 self in her year 11 hell Darling, everything's gonna be all right. No, you won't grow out of it. 
you will find the clothes that fit and the images that struck you were a patriarchal structure and you never will surrender to that narrow view of gender and there's folks you've yet to meet but you're exactly up their street and they've been waiting just as long to hear someone sing this song better days are on their way when it won't matter what they say on the labels and on the doors you will figure out what's yours and girl you're gonna be so happy girl you're gonna be just fine girl you're gonna be so happy and down the line down the line Thank you very much. Keep up with Grace Petrie's work. Of course, you can still download her work. Keep artists going by doing things like that. Go to Bandcamp as well, where there are lots of artists who are, I think, still at the moment, Bandcamp are not taking a cut. All the money from uh, albums, as far as I know, is going directly to the uh, artists. Um, keeping, keep looking out for everyone's work that you can kind of uh, support. And I suppose the uh, main thing is that to stay apart and keep connected is, uh, is what we're aiming to do. So, uh, uh, thanks very much. I'm sorry, by the way. Also, thank you very much to Trent Burton, who's put all of this yes. really work hard. To and and I, um, if anyone who knows my live work, unsurprisingly, I've caused it to overrun. So, <laughs> I Trent, I realise there's some issues on uh, on that. We'll sort that out tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed it. Josie. Thank you so much if you've tuned into this. It's really, really thrilling to think that people are watching this. Uh, thank you, Grace. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, George. What a joy. Uh, see you tomorrow. I assume my daughter will crash it again it'll be very exciting and go to the tip jar if you can we're going to make sure that's distributed uh, amongst people who who currently have nothing coming in whatsoever so thank you very much for that bye-bye thank you bye, Take care. Bye. thank you very much for listening cosmic shambles.com slash stay at home to drop a tip in the bucket and patreon.com slash book shambles if you'd like to support us at cosmic shambles who are we're we're just we're just doing this we just are because uh, you know we produce podcasts and, and live events and uh, not many live events right now. So, you know, we've got to keep busy. See you next time.